Let's, uh, let's open in a word of prayer before we look at God's word. Heavenly Father, thank you today for the opportunity we have to gather together to pray for one another, to share not only requests but answers to prayer. And Father, we pray as we uh, open your word this morning, just teach us through your Holy Spirit not only to hear it but to apply it. And Father, I just pray you be with each one here. Use us as lights in the dark world we're in. As Father, the, the oppression is getting greater, but you are greater. We're thankful that you saved us. We're thankful we can wake up every morning and someday it will be with you. And we give you all the praise and glory for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, at Pinellas County Jail, there's a special squad of deputies called the CRT, the Critical Response Team. And they have to put on their protective body armor each time the call for their help comes across the radio. It can be anything from a riot breaking out. It can be a fight. It can be an uncooperative inmate. But that body armor includes a special hard helmet with a face guard, bulletproof vest, and gear that protects them when they are called to deal with out-of-control situations. And I've witnessed it, I've seen it, and I stay out of the way. I don't want to get in the middle of it. <laughs> but they do one thing when they get there, and they videotape all of it. They will give that person's name, and they'll say, well, you comply by doing what you've been told to do. They'll wait a moment. No response. They'll say, we take that as a no. They'll ask them three times, and then you better watch out because there's no letting go to get that situation. Every time it's brought up in court, too violent or whatever, it's all videotaped, and they've never had any calls saying that they use too much persuasion than what they should because uh, you wouldn't believe some of the situations that come up. Well, every day as believers, we are in a spiritual battle. I see it at the jail as inmates struggle in their newfound faith in Jesus. All the things that can sidetrack them to saying I'm not really saved or I, I wasn't sincere or God didn't really do what he said he would do. Satan tries everything to try to take away that assurance. But God's word says in John 10, 27 to 29, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Amen? Amen. That's a hope. That's our hope. Well, as believers, we have to be prepared for the spiritual battles we face every day as we seek to follow Christ instead of the worldly system Satan has set up. 1 Peter 5.8 warns us, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well, this morning we're going to spend some time learning how to be battle ready. And every day if we're not, battle ready, we're going to get defeated. Join me, and I know Steve started a series in Ephesians, but God led me to this passage as a reminder, Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 17. I don't think we'll be hitting that next week, will we, Steve? 
might be a few months down the line. <laughs> but here we find three steps to becoming spiritually battle ready. Ephesians 6, beginning of verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the worldly forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Looking at these three steps, we need to understand the context of our passage. Paul has just completed a section dealing with God's standards for the home, plus the relationship between employers and employees. And following our passage, we find Paul's appeal for prayer in the church and then a final benediction. But sandwiched in between is our passage that centers on God's provision for our spiritual battles and those three steps on how to become battle-ready. The first step in becoming battle-ready, we need to hear the word. We need to hear the encouragement for the battle. Verses 10 and 11. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. That first phrase, finally, my brothers, my sisters. God is speaking to every believer here this morning as Paul zeroes in on the close of this book. If we're that believer described in chapters 1 through 3, and we're living the spirit-controlled life of chapters 4 through 6, verse 9, we can be sure that we're in a spiritual battle every day as we journey through life on this earth. So the first bit of encouragement, be strong in the Lord and in the power of whose might? Of His might. Satan can't defeat us as God's children, but he can try to discourage us. He can get us to doubt God's Word. He can throw everything at us possible to try to get us on the sideline and not serving the Lord. It says here we're literally to be continually strengthened, empowered. It's actually the word energized in the Lord. We have daily battles with temptations. But the strength of the Holy Spirit within us will give us victory over the temptations of life. Satan studies our weaknesses. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Encouragement of Paul from 2 Corinthians 12.10 Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. 
For when I am weak, then I am strong. Total dependence on God. That's our goal. Next, we're to be strong, energized. It says in the power of whose might? Of His might. God's power has no limits. And as we face those spiritual battles every day, we need to know our strength comes from who? From Him. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Psalm 27.1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The answer is what? Nobody can stand up against God. And we need to know that every day. Because God has placed every one of us in a special place to serve Him. When God called me to, to serve, called Carol and I to serve at Pinellas County Jail, it was one door at a time. It wasn't all five doors open at once. One door at a time. Because we've got to step through the first door by faith before God is going to open up the second one. It's a daily walk looking and seeing through God's Word how God is going to direct in our lives. I can't speak for you, but without the power of His might, I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. You ever watch too much news? Oh, my goodness. It's overwhelming. You're looking for that spark. Once in a great while, there'll be a positive bit in the news, but most of it's not. Our battles often at our jobs, in our homes, with our neighbors, they're minute to minute to stay on track walking with God. It's impossible to follow our Savior in our own strength. It's in a world, we live in a world that crucified the Son of God. In a school of delinquents, in a jail filled with rapists, drug dealers, and murderers, in a society that practices and promotes open sin, and constantly uses God's word in vain. But we've got to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. Peter, when he was walking on the water, and I, I love to share this story because it reminds me, Peter was fine when he was walking on water when he kept his eyes on Jesus. And as soon as he turned away and started looking at the circumstances, he started to go down, he started to drown. And all he could say was help. And the Lord grabbed him. But the great thing was, when Jesus grabbed Peter, they walked back to the boat. And I'm sure there were a lot of disciples say, Peter, you're crazy. What did you do? But they were walking on the water. That's faith. When God tells us to come and walk on the water, we won't drown. He doesn't do that. He loves us too much. Verse 11 continues with a command. Put on the whole armor of God. Not a piece or two. Not two or three. All of it. We need it. It says put on, hide in, be clothed in. It's actually used here of putting on permanent armor. One of the inmates said, well what does that mean? Put on the whole armor of God. I said, you put it on, you leave it on. It's permanent. It's, it's what God has provided. It's what He knows we need every day to stand up for Him. 
continues that you may be able to stand against the, the wiles, the deception of the devil. Stand here means speaking of a soldier holding his or her ground as opposed to running away from the battle. The first uh, unit I was with in the military was infantry. And when they said, stand your ground, that meant, and we had, they had bayonets on the end of their rifles, and they stood there, and that meant you don't pull back, you stay there. Even if that means getting overrun, that's where you are supposed to take a stand. Because if that person falls back, where's the enemy going to hit? That little opening. And then the whole group is under great possibility of being killed or hurt so we're to stand our ground because the wiles of the devil includes all the schemes all the deceptive ways of the ruler of the demons the god of this world the devil who opposes god's work twisting god's word clouding up what the gospel is all about 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age is blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine on them. I recently spoke with an inmate, said he believed in God many times, says, oh yeah, I believe in God. I've done that hundreds of times. But I ask him, what about your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? I shared with him John 14, 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes under the Father but through me. John 3, 16. In Awana, that's our Sparks key verse. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And He looked at me and He said, Chaplain, nobody's told me that. Nobody said it has to be through Jesus. They just said, Believe in God. And I said, That's an alternative way. Satan believes in God, but that doesn't save him. And he went down to his knees and he accepted Jesus into his life. What a privilege to see God work. A lot of the inmates that I see, they've had everything taken away, basically. There, some of them are looking at long term in prison. And when God does it from front to the end, which he does, it's all of God, nothing of us. It's just a privilege to see God work. And I hope you're seeing that as well. Because people are coming to know the Lord, even though things are getting more intense, more oppressive, and they will continue. But we've got the answer. We can share what God's Word shares, and if God is moving on that heart, they will come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. The second step in becoming battle ready is by understanding the arena of the battle, verses 12 and 13. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, 
against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. The word wrestling here speaks of hand-to-hand wrestling. Using all the tricks in the book to get the opponent down and the head locks to the leg sweeps. I learned that on Karate Kid. (laughs) At least the words. I I don't do that anymore with my knee and back. But uh, if I went down like that, I probably wouldn't get up. But uh, I saw all that kind of goes on in wrestling. Our wrestling in the spiritual sense is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers these are leaders these are preeminent ones these are first ones the most powerful under demonic control like the antichrist will be as he someday rules during the tribulation in revelation 13 we're wrestling against the rulers of the darkness of this age satan and his demons the lower atmosphere the lower heavens it's a battle every day that we face And we're wrestling against these spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Many supernatural spirit forces battling believers. They look for our weaknesses by studying the human race. And they gnaw at it trying to trip us up. Maybe over a habit we can't or won't break. Or a weakness or lust for something. The only way to victory is God's armor. And being strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Being battle ready every day to go out in the name of the Lord. To our workplace, to wherever God has put us. And as soon as we think we haven't made, that's when the neighbor's dollar weed starts blowing on your lawn. (laughs) And you want to share with him, bonus S over at Home Depot. Put it on two or three times and he'll probably get rid of that. But he might know, well, that's irritating you. Every time we spend time getting distracted, turning toward that instead of continuing to do what God has called us to do, every one of us, we're getting tripped up on the wrong things. Priority number one has to be serving the Lord. Every one of us is believers. Because if we as believers don't serve the Lord, who will? But it's a day-to-day wrestling that goes on. The goal of understanding the arena of this battlefield is shared by a strong exhortation and a promised outcome in verse 13. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything to stand firm. That exhortation is, take up, again, the whole armor of God. And not a piece or two, but all of it. Because we need every piece. It's not an option. Because we can't do battle if we don't put this one If we don't follow this and keep it on our everyday number one priority to put on that armor and keep it on. Once it's on, keep it on. You imagine every night if we take all that armor off? (laughs) Can't do that. Because then that 
We won't have the armor God has provided for us. The promised outcome. Verse 13. Having done everything what? To stand firm. That's what God wants us to be doing. The evil day, John MacArthur shares, since the fall of man every day has been evil. A condition that will persist until the Lord returns and establishes his own righteous kingdom on earth. The word stand here means keeping upright in battle. You can't fight on the ground. We're laying on the ground and that enemy's coming over us. We can't fight. Because Satan is seeking. He's seeking to trip us up, devour us. We have to resist him. How? In our faith in the Lord. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by our brothers and sisters in the United States as well as around the world. We just had a witness of what's going on around the world. As believers, one body in Christ, we are in a constant battle. Keeping on God's armor is the only way that we can have victory. Now let's look at the armor God has given us to battle with our third step in becoming battle ready. And that is put on God's armor for the battle. Beginning of verse 14. Stand firm therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. In these verses, we come to six pieces of God's armor that we must have to stand in the midst of our daily, sometimes hourly, sometimes minute-to-minute battles. These are pictures of pieces of armor worn by the Roman soldier of Paul's day. And this section begins, stand firm, stand strong. Again, we can't fight flat on our backs, but we must be standing. There's an old hymn, I love the words to it, stand up, stand up for Jesus. You soldiers of the cross, lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead till every foe is vanquished and Christ is Lord indeed. We need to be standing up for Jesus. That first piece that we look at, first piece of armor, gird our waist with truth. This was a loose clothing for a Roman soldier. And if you didn't gird up your Loose clothing can be a hindrance when you're battling. Hard to battle and you got a robe dangling back and forth. You had to make sure that it was kept tight around the waist. We need to make sure our waist is protected by the truth. And who's the truth? Jesus is. God's word is truth. As adopted children of God, we need to speak the truth. Chapter 4, verse 25, Therefore, putting away lying, each one speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. The idea is here is being committed to fight and win without being a hypocrite. 
self-discipline. In the army, this was taught, if you weren't disciplined in what you were doing, you not only jeopardized yourself, but that fellow soldier right beside you. We need to remember we're in the battle as a body of Christ together as believers. And when we let down that guard of truth, we're not only making ourselves more vulnerable, but that believer beside us. 2 Timothy 2.4 says, No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted us as a soldier. We're in a battle. That's why you see the picture of a soldier. The world promotes, they say, well, white lies, that's okay. You ever hear that? Well, that was just a white lie. A lie's a lie. That's not God's standard. Our standard is we need to have a standard of truthfulness. Our worship demands truth. John 4:23 and 24, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So that first piece, gird our waist with truth, God's truth. Because what is our goal as believers? To become more and more Christ-like. To show God's truth. And believe me, when we tell the truth in every situation, we'll stand out in this world around us, won't we? Say, well, can't you just kind of bend the truth? You ever hear that? Bend the truth, white lies. Well, it really wasn't a lie. Those are all Satan's deceptions. God says 100% truth. It's not easy. You say, I can't do it. God can do it through us. Second piece, put on the breastplate of righteousness. A breastplate for the Roman soldier was a sleeveless plate for the Roman soldier that protected all the vital organs. You think that was important? You had all those swords flying around? You wanted something to protect all the vital organs. Commentator Kenneth Weiss describes this as moral rectitude, sanctifying righteousness, not letting sin disable us because we are living according to God's righteousness. Example of Daniel, prisoner of war for 70 years. He showed a godly example to heathen kings. And through that, even though he wasn't in a great situation, he continued to pray three times a day to God. He was faithful. Because he was showing God's righteousness through it all that the true God is the one he worshipped. Not the many gods, all the gods that were in Babylon. 1 Peter 1.16 shares, Because it is written, Be holy for I am holy. We have the righteousness of God placed on us when we accept Jesus as our Savior. It's not us. It's Jesus. It's all of him. Isn't that great? It doesn't depend. Well, God, now I didn't do all nine things on the checklist, so I guess I'm not saved today. I didn't do number seven, eight, and nine. I guess I, I've lost it. It's all of God, including the righteousness of God that is placed on us so we can battle here on this earth. The third piece, verse 15, having shod your feet, 
with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Roman soldiers wore shoes that had nails on the bottom, through the bottom of the sole, so they could grip themselves when they were in battle. I don't know how long the nails were, but some of them maybe had really long nails, and so maybe you couldn't move very much, which if you're standing firm, you needed to stand firm. Those nails were good in the ground. That helped you so that you didn't fall over so easily. Well, through Christ, we are at peace with God. That's the only way, through Christ, what he accomplished on the cross. Not anything we've earned, not anything that God said, well, uh, down the line I see so-and-so, that'll be quite a catch. It wasn't anything, it's all grace. It's all of God. But we're at peace with God through Jesus Christ. That's the gospel of peace. Fourth piece, verse 16. Fourth piece of armor. Above all, taking the shield of faith. This picture is the shield of the heavy infantry. A large, oblong, four by two and a half feet curved on the inner side. And you had to have it curved. Why? Because does the enemy always come straight at you? No, they might come over here at the right, so you have to turn that. Keep it up. God gives us the strength to keep it up. Those fiery darts of Satan come from everywhere. And when the Roman soldier was fighting, those darts were dipped in pitch, and then they were set on fire. So they were coming from every angle. And you had to make sure you had that shield of faith where it needed to be. You know what our shield of faith is? being adopted into God's family to be a son or daughter of God through Jesus that we can have that shield of faith you know the world doesn't have that they don't have a shield of faith they're out there and everything's coming at them they have no shield of faith but God gives us that shield it's a basic continual trust in God not in circumstances, not how do I feel today, or I'm going to get through the day in my own strength, and if I need God, then I'll call on Him. It's every day saying, Lord, I need that shield of faith. I need to keep it up and not let it come down. Psalm 18.30, As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. The fifth piece of armor, verse 17, take the helmet of salvation. Why do you think the helmet was important in battle? Didn't have a helmet around? If somebody cut your head off, you know, that wouldn't be real good, would it? Couldn't continue the battle. It was always a major target in battle, the head. Believers are already saved, but you know, Satan tries every which way to get us to doubt. Say, well, God didn't really save you. You're not good enough. You're not doing enough things. You didn't make the checklist today. Anything to take away that assurance that we're saved. When God saves us, it's complete. It's done. No one can snatch us out of God's hand. And Satan will try everything to get us to doubt. God protects our salvation, and Satan cannot defeat God. Inmates make promises all the time about, I heard one last week, 
Well, chaplain, if the Lord gets me out of this trial, I'm going to go to church. I said, well, okay, so? Well, yeah, but, I, you know, it'll, I'm really going to go back. And if I'm not selling drugs on the street, I'm going to be in church. <laughs> this is honest, is what they say. But again, religion can distract and often does. Where did most of Jesus' opposition come from? Religious leaders. System of works. God says there's only one work that stands forever. That's the work of Jesus on the cross. He's the only way to heaven. It's not, let's make a deal with God. But it's when God draws us to him and we accept that gift of salvation, God, through the Holy Spirit, puts us in to his family forever. Isn't that great to know that? It doesn't have a two-year warranty. It's forever. That final sixth piece of armor Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The truth of the Word of God is our only offensive weapon. Example of Jesus in Matthew 4, when he was tempted by Satan, each time Jesus quoted what? The Word. And finally, after the third time, Satan left. Only God's Word can stand forever. I encourage each of you, as I encourage inmates every day, read the Word, meditate upon it, and memorize it. Because I had one inmate say, well, I can't memorize. Oh, God can't help you memorize? Well, yeah, He could, but He's now memorizing. When we hide God's Word in our heart, we have the sword of the Spirit. Because when Satan comes and he attacks us, Satan doesn't say, okay, I'll give you five minutes to look up some verses. It doesn't work like that. But what's stored up here, the Holy Spirit draws to our mind so we can use the offensive sword of the Spirit, which is the Word, when those battles come. And they do, don't they? Sometimes two or three in a day. But God gives us His Word to use it in battle. Brothers and sisters in Christ, are we battle ready? Do we hear the word of encouragement? Do we understand the arena of the battle? Have we put on that armor and kept it on that God has provided us for the battle? God wants us in the battle for Him while we journey through life. He doesn't want us on the sidelines. I think it grieves His heart to see us there doing nothing. And another day passes. I told the inmates last week on Thursday, we were doing a worship service, and I said, you know, this date is going to be one time there's going to be, what would have been Thursday? January 29. I said, there's going to be one January 29, 2015, one time. This time tomorrow, it's history. So what have you done today for the Lord? How have you brought glory to his name? Who have you shared salvation with? That's all of God. Nothing of us. Isn't that great to know? It's all in God's hands. And God's hands don't tire. When he puts us in his right hand, it doesn't tire. God never gets tired. Isn't that great to know that? Do we get tired? 
don't we? All the time. For the Grand Prix, I was limping around at home, running after all those Awana kids. They have so much energy. And Steve might have had a slight limp. I don't remember. <laughs> but, uh, but it's an investment in those kids because they need Jesus. Everyone without the Lord needs the truth, the life, which is Jesus Christ. Let's uh, bow in a word of prayer. Great God and Father, thank you for the encouragement of all of your word. Thank you especially that you don't put us in the battle without your armor. If we've left a piece off or two, help us to put it on and leave it on. Help us to remember that each day is a gift. Each day we can go in the power of your might and your strength, not our own. And for today, Lord, use us to share the gospel. Use us to live for you that your name would be glorified in every way. At the end of the day, Lord, we can say thank you for being on the throne. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. Thank you for loving us enough to send Jesus to be our substitute. And not only that, Lord, but thank you for giving us the assurance that we're your child, that we can stand in these battles only in the power of your might. We thank you. We praise you. Use each one here and today and days to come. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.